Welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk, where my mom and I discuss topics relevant to the education of young children. I'm Lindsay, and she's Kathy, and we both have our master's degrees in education and kind of nerdily like to talk about educational things. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review it, and subscribe to it. That would really help us out. Hi, Mom. Hi, Lindsay. So remember last week when I tried to get T to, to solve a math problem? Yeah. That was kind of painful. It was a little painful, wasn't it? It was. I didn't was. expect it to be so painful. It was for mostly him. painful because the first time I listened to it, I was sitting to the side of him and he had a painful <laughs> look on his face. <laughs> he was reliving it. As he, he was reliving to it. He, uh, he was very frustrated with the fact that he couldn't solve that immediately and quickly. Go back to play with his friends. Yeah, <laughs> so he could go out and play with his friends. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. He wanted immediate satisfaction. He wanted something he could answer right there, right now, so he could go play. <laughs> yeah. So I think since I have a child who needs to develop stamina, we should talk about stamina. I think so, too. Can you first talk about what stamina is, maybe? So stamina is basically having the energy and endurance to see a project through. How do we build that? Well, I think that in the olden days, when I was a child... <laughs> you always talk about the olden days. <laughs> the olden in the days. old days, everything was wonderful. No, it really... to school uphill both ways. And... <laughs> the, it really wasn't wonderful. But it had lots of great stuff. I remember when I was a little kid that I would get up out of bed at the crack of dawn and I would go out the door and I would run and play and I would only return back into the house when forced to eat meals or um, to do a little chore. And then I'd be right back out and I'd run and play and run and play until the sun went down. That was the rule. When the sun got to the mountain, we had to go home or we got in trouble. And so I was so t exhausted by the time I got back and had dinner that I remember laying in bed and just crying because my legs hurt so bad from the pain <laughs> of running all day long. And so my dad would bring up rubbing alcohol and he'd rub, rub my legs before he touched me into bed and he'd say, oh, you sure have growing pains. And, and then I noticed that the kids of my generation always had growing pains, but I can't remember ever hearing about that anymore. I don't ever hear of parents talking about their kids having growing pains because I think basically the growing pains of the yesteryear was just running ourselves to death. <laughs> and so it really built a lot of energy and stamina in young children naturally. Well, it built physical stamina, but mm -hmm. did that transfer over to mental stamina? Well, in my case, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be perfect in every way. Well, you're just a little bit type A. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a little type A. I don't a. know if you can I don't think necessarily the farm with that. <laughs> I don't think necessarily it transfers over. But I think if you get stamina in one area of your life, it's easy to transfer that knowledge you gain from stamina 
in one area to another area. I was watching a show. I don't really watch that much TV, but I you watched. Do. <laughs> I, I was watching a show tonight, actually. And it's a new Tina Fey show that I just discovered on Netflix. She's mm-hmm. the producer of it. Mm-hmm. And in the show, the, the star has some really good advice for getting through any, anything. And her advice is you can make it through for 10 seconds. You can do anything because after 10 seconds, you just start over again and count to 10. And I thought that was really good advice, and, and because I knew we were going to talk about stamina, I thought that that is really a good way to build stamina in yourself. Just to take it one chunk at a time. Mm-hmm. Kind of the old eat an elephant. Yeah. I, I actually think that's where a lot of anxiety comes from, is not being able to break things down, is an inability to break a task down into pieces and take it one step at a time that you get so overwhelmed with the whole picture. Well, all the people I know in my life that have anxiety, it's because they see the whole part. They see the whole and the end at one time. And so you just can't really see those pieces because you can only see the end. And so, yeah, it's frustrating. So how do we teach kids? How do we build their stamina? How do we help them break their tasks down into manageable chunks and then have the energy to follow through with things? Well, I think probably the first thing to do is think of some things that, you know, kind of make a list of ways that you can build stamina because it's not one thing that you need to do. It's lots of things. Mm -hmm. Number one is to make sure that kids have adequate nutrition. Make sure that they're eating their breakfast and their lunch and their dinners and and having snacks. Like at school, I have a morning and an afternoon snack besides their lunch. And there's also breakfast at my school. And I think the most important thing, more importantly than giving them the food, is to give them the time to eat their food. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really important is nutrition. And and there's a lot lot of of that... well, a lot of that as a teacher, you don't have control over. You you can't control. As a parent, you can control your child's nutrition until they're at school. <laughs> and as a teacher, you can try to help their nutrition until they're at home. Well, the teachers in my block, we kind of work together because we share, you know, each of us have lunch duty one day. And I think that mm-hmm. we all watch each other's students pretty carefully and try to keep them on track of eating and and we warn our kids a lot. We turn our turn the lights off and say, you know, 10 minutes left and then give them another warning of five minutes left and, and tell them to remember to hurry and eat your favorite food now and, and things like that. So we do lots of stuff along the way to try to give them warnings so that it mm-hmm. keeps them focused on eating. So even though, you know, we don't have complete power about it, we, we have some. But I think as a parent... Um, it's really important that you set schedules for your life. And there's a lot of research that shows family meal time mm-hmm. has a lot of uh, positive effects. So I think number one is to make sure kids are eating properly. Okay. Because if you don't make sure they're eating properly, then you'll go to Target and your kid will want one thing. 
and they, you won't be able to get it. And then they'll break down on, throw themselves on the floor, even though they're six years old, and they'll scream and scream and scream because they have no stamina because you didn't bring any snacks for them. And it'll be really embarrassing. So <laughs> make well, sure I, you have snacks and good nutrition. I wasn't going to really bring that up, but since you did, yeah, <laughs> that's all true. Since I brought up my own embarrassing story <laughs> of when my poor kid threw a giant tantrum. And then we were leaving the store and a lady ran up behind me and handed us some fruit snacks. Here you go. Oh, she did? How sweet. She, she did. Here, she had tapped me on the shoulder. Here you go. Here are some fruit snacks for your kids. As my one kid is just screaming and screaming and screaming. Because he's so hungry that he lost all self-control. And I felt so bad because he's a good kid. He was just so hungry. Well, they're just hungry. And that's kind of how it is at school. If um, they're not eating correctly, then they, they're just like that. Everything is traumatic. I mean, you know, think of yourself. When you're hungry, nothing is going well. Because all you can think about is, is your hunger. It's like Maslow's hierarchical order is if you can't take care of that need, you can't take care of the next need up. And so I think it's just really important to provide food. I have in the back of my room, I have graham crackers and granola bars and and things like that, and the kids can just go get one when they're hungry. If they need one, they go get one. And I found that they don't really abuse that. They just kind of do it when they need it. However, the Band-Aids that I have out there just for free, <laughs> they abuse they it. Just, and sometimes just, just disappear. Yeah, so sometimes I have to make the rule now only if there's blood, because I can have kids like with seven Band-Aids down their arm. <laughs> They love band-aids. They do, and I've and since I made band-aids band the child's responsibility and just have a box full of them, my life is so much better. <laughs> it is so, kind of obnoxious to be in charge of band-aids. Here, there's a box. If you're bleeding, get a band-aid. So kind of the next thing on top of food is water. I think, you know, we as adults, we don't drink enough water. And kids are the same. They need to be encouraged to drink and have a lot of access to water. So kind of those needs need to be taken care of first when you're building stamina. And so the next thing is to make sure that kids are getting regular uh, fitness activities. You know? Make mm -hmm. sure that you're, they're getting recesses or if you don't have, if you're at one of those poor schools that got their recess cut, then make sure you're doing lots of brain bait brain breaks or exercises and well, hopefully if you got your recesses cut you as the teacher could still take your kids outside right i don't know I don't some know. of those schools seem like that they can't they can't they couldn't just take well, their own class break outside. well i would think that they could but it looks to me by reading you know just on some of those online groups that they would uh -huh. get in trouble if they did that so really but that doesn't so mean they can't. have to do your own indoor physical breaks? Yeah, I think so. I guess you could still... I don't know. That's weird. If anyone listening is at a school with no recess, please comment on our Facebook page <laughs> and tell us how this works. It's <laughs> I know. so weird. 
I know. I mean, I hate to say it because, but our school almost has too much recess. I can't believe that's coming out of my mouth. But How? like, yeah, that's really weird for you to say. I know, but it's like every second you we have a recess. I'm like, okay, <laughs> recess. And so I my think first there's year, there's a lot this... of people who are really gonna hate you for saying. That. I know. I know because we really are lucky. We have spoiled, a lot of recess. Spoiled recess. Person. We are spoiled recess people, and. The kids love it, and they do really well because of it, because they're always kind of rested. They always have that downtime to go out and have that physical break, and all that physicality helps build stamina. Mm-hmm. And gives you growing pains. And gives you growing pains, <laughs> especially if you forget to even stop all day long. <laughs> okay, so you've taken care of physical needs. So the next thing I would think, what do you think? I think that it would be having very small successes at a time. Oh, I think that's always helpful. Yeah, so if you, um, which which area should we take? Should we take handwriting? That's always one that needs a lot of stamina. Sure. Any Let's kind talk of about handwriting. That does take some stamina to work on your handwriting. It does. And so let's let's take that one and just say that mm-hmm. any time that you want to build stamina, you start small. Like, um, should we talk about sustained writing, creative writing, creatively, or should we talk about penmanship? Why don't we talk about both? Why don't you talk about how you develop stamina in penmanship first, and then okay. go into creative writing? So when you're building stamina and penmanship, I have to give a shout out to those great people that invented handwriting without tears. I was just thinking of that. (laughs) (laughs) They just made handwriting so fabulous. I wish I would have invented it because they're just so amazing. Well, I love that handwriting without tears takes a task like penmanship and breaks it down into very developmentally appropriate steps that kids can be successful at. I think no matter what your subject matter is, if you break it down into steps like that, that kids can accomplish successfully and that they can understand and comprehend at their own level, it helps build their stamina. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Did, did I say that in yeah. a relatively understandable way? Yeah, Okay. I agree with that. And... I, I think that it's a great example that you can use for any area because like handwriting without, without tears, you know, they have those little tiny sponges and those little pencils and slates and every and tools that kids can feel really um, successful with. Well, I love that they use the little bits of chalk and the little uh, sponges because it builds their strength in their hands so well to, to use those, builds their pincer grip. Right. Yeah. And it's a great way to take them out of their comfort levels and to scaffold because, hey, handwriting without tears, people, you can tell we really like you because we're going to just use your model. I know. Um, This is not affiliated at all. They are not giving us any money. (laughs) No, they're not giving us any money. But hey, if you want to, give us a call. But I really like how it takes the levels, like they do the sponge, then they do the chalk, and then I move always then to pencil paper, which Mm -hmm. I guess they do with their workbooks. But then kids, after they've practiced and felt all that 
comfort level of, um, you know, the easier things, then it's easy for them to take that risk and move to paper to write the letters. All right, so if we're building stamina, we want to break it down into small steps they can be successful at. Mm -hmm. What else? And we want to make sure that we give lots of praise and encouragement along the way. I also think it's really important that teachers use the tool of observation mm-hmm. and making notes of observation of showing of seeing little tiny steps that it's happening in a kid in their development. Mm-hmm. Today at guided reading, paying attention to the small yeah, progress, the little small progress. Today at guided reading, I had a little student that um, I just really hadn't noticed that he was kind of starting to be a good reader because he wasn't in the top group. And when we reshuffled for intervention, he just happened to end up in the benchmark group, which I kind of thought that uh, he wasn't ready for. And I'm doing those partner plays right now, those fabled partner mm-hmm. plays. And they're, you know, they're kind of complex for kids. And so it really mm-hmm. has to be the benchmark kids that are successful at that. And he was actually... Um, really doing all of the reading strategies very nicely. And then all of a sudden he'd like be zoned out, you know, just his head was everywhere but where he was. And so I took a second and wrote and kind of timed how long that he was able to focus. Before he lost his attention. Yeah, and I just think that's important sometimes just to sit back and watch and, and take note of that. So now it gave me some ideas of some things I can do with him tomorrow to hopefully help keep his attention longer so that he doesn't lose his space. You know, his, in the partner plays, you have to pay attention to where right. everybody is all the time. Right. And so I kind of am liking this activity right now because I really think it is building some stamina in that top group. Because they have to pay attend to everybody? So one thing that I've really liked to do with my students is, especially in the area of creative writing, is Mm -hmm. teach them the word stamina. And so I talked to them about stamina. Good writers have stamina, and we're able to concentrate and write or illustrate our our story for the whole time. And so I start with five minutes. You know, get your journals out, and we're going to write a story, and in in five minutes, we're going to share our stories. And then I challenge them that writers with good stamina, they'll work the whole five minutes. And really, I don't even do five minutes (laughs) the first time. Mm -hmm. I start maybe with three. And um, then I work that up and up and up. And now my class is easily to 15 minutes that they can work on their writings and what i think is interesting before you is i listened to a podcast done that uh is an advice podcast by professional writers yeah and one of their most recent podcasts was they mentioned how they have to build their own stamina to be able to sit down and write through their novels that one of the things they have to do is practice building stamina Oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. That's even something that professional writers work on is stamina. One thing that I found that really helps with that activity is um, playing music. 
mm-hmm. and the I I like really kind of quieter music like the piano guys I really like theirs mm-hmm. or I've got um, it's a kids lullaby thing I found on iTunes and it's just really pretty music but it all but it has a little bit of rhythm to it and I really think that that helps with the stamina. Because it gives them something to concentrate. I don't know. Why do you think it is? Well, maybe it because it, it helps them conceptualize the amount of time that they need to spend. Because they know as long as the music is playing, they need to keep working. And they, when the music ends, then they can take a mental break. So maybe it just helps them give give boundaries to what they're doing. I know one thing... Um, with cleaning up stamina, that clean up <laughs> song, it's that's it's exactly that. They have that song memorized. They can they know the stanzas that are coming near the end, and they have to be on the carpet by the time the song ends with everything clean. And so when it's getting near the song, I can see them starting to hustle. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about reading stamina? Because reading takes a lot of stamina especially when you're a young reader and you have a a lot of decoding to do do you use similar strategies to writing to build reading stamina I think the most important thing with reading stamina is probably for any academic area is to start where the child's at and Mm -hmm. keep it all developmental because so they don't have so you lighten their cognitive load. Yeah, so lighten their have... load. Because, it, I mean, do you want to have an algebra book put on your head and say, do these problems? Well, you Yes, prob- I like algebra. You probably would. <laughs> Not calculus, though. Don't put a calculus book on my head. <laughs> but I think a lot of times with, um, you know, the push-down curriculum and the pressures that teachers have, you just want to skip all those steps and hurry and get kids to here. You feel to, a lot of pressure to get them to a certain point. You really do. And so you get frustrated at those kids that are not to that level yet. Well, and... the, pro- the correct reading load for a kid is they need to be reading a book that they don't read perfectly because if you read it perfectly, you don't learn anything but where they only make a few mistakes and they're mistakes they can learn from, right? Yeah. Did I get, okay. Yeah, and so, um, like I have one student that he's still live reading at a level A, which, you know, back in the olden days, <laughs> level A in kindergarten, woohoo! <laughs> that, means, <laughs> that means they're ready. But now, um, my district requires level D by the end of kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's frustrating to me that he's on a level A. But when I think about the child and I think about his stamina, you know, that was a big jump for him to get from knowing zero letters and sounds to reading a level A. And and he consistently can read level A's. When I give him any level A book, he generally can read it with at least 95%. Um... Accuracy? Accuracy, thank you. (laughs) And so I think that that's what you need to do is make sure that you stay on the child's level. Now, am I going to push him up to level B? Certainly, because it's my job to scaffold him up and start preparing him to be on the next level. 
I think as I think as long as you keep kids within the zone of their proximal development, and scaffold them, um, keeping them away from that frustration level, but scaffolding them in within their area of comfort, then you're going to build their stamina because you're getting a little harder and more difficult as time goes. So. Do you find that you have to work on stamina as the length of books increases as, or if you keep them, you're nodding? Definitely. I have a, <laughs> I have a student and he, he probably could be reading higher, but right now he's on level E, but he is not liking it because level E is longer and it is taking more of his time. And he reminds me a little bit of E, of T. Because because he can do it, but he wants, after about four pages, he is done. Because, that sounds like my child. Yeah, because he just doesn't have the stamina to get through that book. Or he wants to rush through so quickly that he makes a lot of errors because he's just kind of... That kinda, sounds like my child. Yeah, he's just kind of <laughs> guessing what the story is because he wants the job done. So mm -hmm. what, you, what you need to do with that kind of reader is back down a level. So now I have been, I moved him back down to C. And mm -hmm. so all of the books in his bag right now are C because I want to him to have successes. And then I'm going to move him back up to D and back up to E. Because obviously he's not ready for E um, in other areas. He can read the words, yes. He can comprehend but he doesn't have the stamina to... He doesn't have the patience. No, he doesn't have the patience to skillfully mm -hmm. read that E. So actually it's kind of doing him more damage than good because he's skipping words and making approximations and and he's doing things he shouldn't. He's learning bad habits. He's learning bad habits. Yeah. So other than pulling kids down a few levels, any other tips to... Well, I think that, that the the partner plays that I told you that I'm doing right now, I think that that's doing a lot to to build stamina because, um, like I said, they have to follow along each other's part. And the way I've got the little books designed is I've got them touching the animal, and then when that kid's done talking, they move down to the animal because you know they're they're five; they're not going to follow along everyone's text. Mm -hmm. So I have them just jumping from animal to animal, but. They have to really pay attention, and so I think that's something that really builds stamina. Well, and dramatizing, I think, is always a good way to help kids perform at a higher level because it's fun for them. It's fun, and it's engaging and exciting, and so I think that helps them perform with more stamina that they might at a, at a different task. Another Start thing over. I really like to do is, you know, where, where I teach kids what the word stamina, and I use it a lot. In fact, today, one of the kids came over during centers and said, blah, 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 is not using stamina at the writing center. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like it when kids, they catch on what stamina is, and, and so they become owners of that. And, and another they see it, thing that it's valuable. Yeah, they they've learned mm -hmm. the value in it, and so I like to teach them about how the brain works and how the brain learns. You know, in kindergarten ways, <laughs> and <laughs> and they they kind of catch on with that too. I think you know kids are smart, and we need to give them the tools that they need to be successful. All so, right. 
If I was going to train to run a marathon, okay, uh, maybe a 5K. No, if I was going to train to have enough energy to run around the block. (laughs) You're going to do a marathon analogy? If I was going to train to run around the block, (laughs) I would not go and put on my shoes and run around the block. I would take it a little piece at a time and I'd reward myself. Like if I can run from my house, one house down, I'd reward myself a little bit at a with time. With an ice cream cone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a cherry Coke. <laughs> You're never going to get around the block that way. But if I, <laughs> And I'd have to consistently practice. I'd have to... You know, I'd have to practice every day. Okay, I think I could really run around the block if I wanted to right now. I, so we should use a could. longer thing. I, I think you could, but... <laughs> you, but for the sake of this You are podcast, not a marathon runner, but we no. could use a marathon analogy anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not a marathon runner. No. Hey, but I'm a swimmer. You're a swimmer. Use a swimming analogy. And Okay, I'll, okay. Okay. <laughs> If I wanted to have the energy to swim five miles, I wouldn't go and dive in the pool and swim five miles because I was I wouldn't make it. I I have swam five miles before, but when I was successful at that, I went swimming every day and I swam a lap. Then the next day I swam a lap and a half, and then the next day I swam two laps. And on and on and on until I had increased in stamina so that I could swim that two miles. And teaching kids is just like that. We need to really, um, we have to tend them and take care of them and make sure that things are working at their level, that they can feel successful. And there's nothing worse than seeing the frustration in the eyes of a child. So we want to take that away. Take the we frustration to, away. We want to take the frustration away and we want to scaffold them and keep them in their zone of proximal development and do our job of just inching them up bit by bit to get stronger and mm-hmm. and increase their stamina so that when their mom calls them over to do a problem and they can't <laughs> solve it immediately, they don't have a major meltdown. A major, major meltdown. It was so funny after we listened to it, I said, so T... What, how, how, how would you divide 10 cookies in cookie jars? And he said, well, I know it's five plus five, but I don't, I did, I wanted to play with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) I know he, I know that was the problem. Well, thanks for talking to me about stamina. Hopefully I can build some. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) I think I had enough stamina to make it through this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just just enough. But I had to do it 10 seconds at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Just talk about one thing and then we can talk about another. I'm going to use her 10 seconds at a time because sometimes when I'm listening to things that are driving me crazy, I'm going to just keep counting to 10 over and over again in my brain to to make it through that crazy meeting that's driving me crazy. If you can make it through 10 seconds, you can do it. You can. Sounds like good advice. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to us. I hope you had stamina to make it through our podcast. I <laughs> take some stamina. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. 
Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.